Hi, everyone, and welcome to Expect a Miracle podcast with Richard Roberts. I am your host, and I am so delighted today that you join me. My very special guest today is a longtime friend, <laughs> and I'm so happy that she's with us. Kelly Copeland. Kelly, God bless you, and thank you for being a guest on my podcast today. Oh, thank you for asking me. It's an honor. Well, I'm especially blessed. You know, we have so much in common. Uh, me being the son of Earl Roberts and you being the daughter of Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, I, I know you get asked this question all the time. And because I get asked this question all the time, I get to ask you the question this time. What's it like being the daughter of Kenneth and Gloria Copeland? It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, what a what a household to grow up in. And of course, I think that makes us like cousins or something. <laughs> well, our families have been so close for so many years. I won't call you my uncle or anything. Well, that's like okay. That. <laughs> well, I'm a little older than you, you know, maybe a year or two. <laughs> but you know, it, it really is awesome. Somebody said, oh, I just wish I had Kenneth and Gloria Copeland for parents so that they could have given me advice. And, and I just looked at them like, what do you think it was any different than what you get at a convention or listening <laughs> to them teach? That was the same words from, you know, as a daughter that I heard about life and, you know, how you live it and living before the Lord and living by faith, no fear. And I'm grateful. You and your family have been such a blessing, not only to my family, but also to the body of Christ and people worldwide. It was your dad who prophesied over me that I was coming back to God. And that was during the time when I was running away from God. And uh, your dad and I have been fast friends ever since. And I remember, of course, I remember you from your childhood and watched you grow up and see you develop into a powerful woman of God. And I'm so thrilled. Tell me, a little bit about about your life and about what's going on in Kelly Copeland's life right now. Well, you know, I think you probably know this, although, you know, you had your mess ups were kind of way back when we're kind of on the uh, front uh, pages. Uh, I'm sorry. Time out, Kelly. I'm still having mess ups. <laughs> well, me too. Yeah, I'm a work and in progress. My paint, sometimes I feel like my paint is still wet. I still make mistakes. Now, maybe you don't, but I make mistakes all the time. <laughs> um, I do. And I have. And, you know, kind of it's the ones that are the private ones that you might be able to get away with with the people. But not with Jesus. He knows. <laughs> but, you know, I've been divorced multiple times. I've, um, it, there's been a hard road for me, sure. but he's always been there and he's always been faithful. And I know these last two years have been really tough on everybody. And Richard, I think that people look at us and they think we're in the ministry, you know, we're preaching the word. That must mean we don't face things like that. And, and I just, I don't think it does people a disservice for me to, to portray that. So I've just, in the last few years, when the Lord got, to, when I got before the Lord, not at my idea, it was his idea <laughs> after my last divorce and just got really real with him because I didn't have anywhere else to turn. I was just like the disciples, like, where else would I go, Lord? I know I need you, but I don't know what I need. Um, he started showing me little by little by little, and, um, it was not easy per se because of me, not because of him, but because of just the pride. But once he began to chip away at that and chip away at, I, you know, I always say to people, you know, if you think something's wrong with you and you're saying, what's wrong with me, is there something wrong with me? I say, yes, 
yes, just own it and, and let the Lord fix it. And that's what he did with me. But in the middle of all of that, I met him. I know you know what I'm talking about. Like I've known him and I've loved him, but when I let him meet me in my weakness, he became a new, a new savior to me. It's like, it's hard to describe if you've never been there, but, um, that's, that's been my life the last six, seven years. And over these last two years, walking through all the shutdown and the, all of the stuff. And we've even had some things happen in our, me happen in my family that were very hard, but the Lord was there. Well, you know, uh, Kelly, we, we who are in the limelight, people know us, they see us, they, they, they have a tendency to put us on a pedestal and think that we're not human beings, but we are human beings. And, and, uh, we know the Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Uh, no one is perfect. No one is perfect with the exception of Jesus, who is the only perfect one who ever lived. The good news is I, we were doing television this morning, uh, Lindsay and I were and. and, uh, you know, I reminded the people of the scripture in 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And people focus on the sin, but I focus on the forgiveness. Thank God for a God who is loving and gives you a second chance. And that means a lot to people out there right now who are struggling, who are battling, who've been through all kinds of problems. And to see that you can make it and are making it and that you still love the Lord, you've not surrendered your life to, to the devil, but you're still up up uh, front for God, that gives them hope that they can have that, that in their lives. That's, that's true. And for me, I was so, I feel like I, I needed to be that perfect. I, I, I break it down like this. It mattered to me to be a doer of the word, and that's good, but that became what I thought was my power. I forgot that I was an earthen vessel with the power inside. And, but you have to really kind of acknowledge that the outside is weak to find the power of the truth of how strong Jesus wants to be in you. I was just doing everything I knew to do. And I think what I grew up in and faith and faith in his word gives me so much authority it gave me so much understanding of who I am in Christ Jesus. And I wouldn't trade that for the world, but what I began to understand as well, it's like, do you really want to be a one legged person? You know, (laughs) I want two legs. And what I began to understand when I allowed him to correct me and come into my weak spaces, I began to understand who he was in me. And that place of intimacy began this whole new life for me. I, you know, I'm well, it was in my fifties before I feel like my life just exploded into his goodness because I think I was running from my humanity and he was running after my humanity. I mean, he died for us, our humanity. So you said people think we're not really human beings. If I'm not a human being, then he didn't die for me. Well, and also also, Kelly, uh, when people say, well, I, you know, I know how you, they talk to someone who's been divorced and, and had, had problems and say, well, I know how you feel. If you've not been through it, you have no idea. It's like, like when our, our son, Richard Earl, died and people would come and say, I know how you feel. Well, have you lost a child? No. Well, then you don't have any idea 
what I have been through. But, but the Lord ministered to Lindsay and to me, showing us that we would minister out of the things that we had been through. Because we're not the only people who have faced difficulties in our lives. And other people are facing difficulties now. Now, it may not be on the front page. It may not be on television. It may not be online. But nevertheless, they're still hurting. And someone's got to reach out and touch them. And you see, you're an example of what God can do in somebody's life. And Richard, I think it's very confusing right now. And I feel like the Lord's given me kind of a, I'm kind of a strategic thinker. And lately, I've just been hearing so much strategy from the kingdom about where we are and what's going on. So I'm a why person. If I know why, I can just jump right in. I understand. I like to know the whys. And the Lord blesses me with showing me stuff. And he wants us to have understanding about where we're at. Many times, it's like the, the things that are going on, we're not saying God is doing this. God didn't hurt you to bring about change. Right. But there's two voices. There's there's the shepherd who wants to give you life abundant. And then there's the shepherd who wants to lead you towards death. And who's only Satan can only kill, steal, and destroy. He, he's not he's not capable. It might benefit him to do something different and he can't. That's who he is. He kills, steal, and destroy. He comes not for anything else. So every word he says is shepherding us. And every word Jesus says is shepherding us. And I really began to see in this time right now, remember Jesus said to Peter, Satan has desired to sift you. Yes. And that was Peter going into a, Peter didn't understand the kind of pressure he was headed into, but Jesus knew. And he told Peter, he warned him, Satan's desired to sift you. Um, And if you think back, even in the Old Testament, Satan sifted Job. He had a desire to sift Job and he tried. And the one thing he wanted Job to do, Job wouldn't do. And that was to curse God. But you know who else he sifted? He sifted um, Eve. Um, he had a voice uh, uh, sifting her over here by questioning the father's faithfulness, by questioning who she was, questioning her identity. And that was the first sifting. But at the same time, there's another sifting going on. And that's why we have to understand that there's two sifting, two shepherds, two siftings. So John said that Jesus was coming to sift us to um, with his winnowing fork. Remember John the Baptist said he's coming with a winnowing fork. And, you know, one day I was just thinking about all that, reading about what he was saying Jesus was coming to do and really thinking back on what was going on for me over the last several years. He has been removing stuff sifting things. And I thought about a winnowing fork and I thought about a hand, you know, a winnowing fork goes into the harvest and, and shifts it up, blows it up. So the, so that the chaff and the, the trash and the dirt and the garbage can be blown away and you're left with what's true, the wheat. And he's trying to remove all the lies out of our heart 
that have been planted there by Satan. And, and we like to think of ourselves, or I'll be personal here. I liked to think of myself as complete. I'm the righteousness of God. I, I yeah, there's work that needs to be done, but I'm the righteousness of God. And, you know, when I, when I sin, I, like you said, I ask forgiveness and I'm forgiven. Not understanding that my spirit is one thing. My mind, will, and emotions are another thing that have to be cleaned and they have to be purified and cleansed. And there was stuff in here that I didn't even know that it was there. And I think I used to think about sin as that thing you did, which we don't like to think about that thing we did, but it's easy enough for Christians to go, well, I repent for that and feel done when there is a cleansing needed of whatever lie was in you that made you do that thing like abandonment, rejection, all that stuff is plant. It's DNA. It's Satan's DNA, those lies. And they speak, they speak in our life. You're right. Satan comes, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But we have to remember that Jesus said in the rest of that scripture, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And he said, don't be afraid for I am with you. And he, then he said, I'll make a way in the wilderness. Even those of you listening and watching today, even if you feel like you're in a wilderness, he said, I'll make a way. He said, I'll make a river in the desert. You may feel like you're in a desert place, but he said, I'll make a way in the wilderness. I'll make rivers in the desert. I'll make a way for you. Even when it looks like there is no way, when it looks like there is no hope, You have hope in God and he has never failed, nor will he fail you. Now, there are certain requirements as Kelly's been talking about. We need to repent. And uh, when we do something that's that's not right and we need to get right before God. But the good news is he forgives us and gives us another chance. And I think that, Kelly, I think that's exactly what you're talking about. That's exactly right. And I believe right now that the voices are growing more intense. I think people right now, there are people who may be grown up under your dad, under my dad, under you, listening to you, learning the word from you guys. And they would never have thought they would walk and live by fear. They would never have thought they would cave under the pressure that has been. And life has surprised them. Maybe they never thought that someone would die in their family, that they were believing God. I mean, let's just be honest here. A lot of people believe in God. Um, or, and I don't mean this shamingly thinking we're believing God, but are we just believing what we know? Or are we pressed in? Ooh, there's a fire on that. Are we pressed into him? Did we get the word from him to say, are we, are we coming into that place where we know his word and we know his voice and we're, we're, we're walking like that with him? Because I think that the outcome of these last two years has surprised people. And it's a good time to look and go, was I listening? Was I listening to the Lord? Lord, what are you telling me? And beginning to refine because he's going to lead us where we need to go. And honestly, Richard, I don't even know if we all know exactly where that is. And I think a lot of us are not comfortable not knowing exactly. Well, we don't, we want, we want to know the end from the beginning. 
We want to know where we're going. I'm sure Abraham wanted to know where he was going too, but God said, no, get out on the highway, start going, and I'll tell you where you're going when you get there. But Kelly, you remind me of people, and you talked about getting personal. Let me get personal for just a minute. Uh, I get disgusted with people that come to a faith convention and hear a great message. They think that's all there is to it, but they don't want to go home and live it. They don't want to take the steps that it takes to live like that. Just hearing the message. We're not just to be a hearer of the word, but we're to be a doer of the word. And that's, that's what you're talking about the last two years. You've taken the steps to make some changes in your life, like I have done many times in my life. And that's where the victory really comes. It does. And, and hearing from him, that's the thing we can be very afraid to fail, but when you start hearing from him directly, that kind of faith, <laughs> I'm glad that I've been trained to walk and live by faith in his word, because the power that now I know in his presence, when he tells me something, that is a rhema. And you know that, that no freshly spoken word from God is impossible. It contains the power to bring itself to pass. And I got this from him several months ago, and I wasn't getting it from him because I was studying to preach. I don't need to do that anymore. (laughs) I mean, I'll study to, you know, know what he wants me to say, but this revelation he's given me is so I can make it through today and tomorrow and do the things he's called me to do. And he was saying, I gave you my promise. If he's spoken something in here, that is just a valid, as valid as a word in the Bible. We've got to understand that and trust him in us more. But when he gave you a promise, whether written or spoken, you have an oath with that that says he cannot lie. And I'm like, why am I not making more about the oath, Richard? Because I have an oath. If he gave me a word, if I won't unhook from that, then he will walk me every day, even through, and people say, well, you failed at believing for that because of this. That's usually the devil's voice telling you, you failed because you didn't do this, this, and this. Keep me away from those kind of people. (laughs) I don't, if you don't unhook, he will walk you through. He has all the time in the world to walk someone through. If nothing is impossible to him, except that he would lie, then he can just walk you through the changes you need to make. Understanding, I heard um, somebody say the other day, we're in the season now, and we have to be aware, we've we've shifted. We're in a season now where you're not gonna get what you want till God gets what he wants. If you are afraid of failure, the, the best way I know to avoid failure is never to try. Right. Don't if you quit. don't try. Now, you know, you look at the Bible and you, you put all these people on pedestals, but Abraham had failures in his life. Isaac had failures in his life. Jacob had big failures. Look at David. David had terrible failures, and yet God called him a man after his own heart. And you, you that are watching today, you're a human being. You say, well, I've got failures in my life and God can't use me anymore. That's a lie from the pit of hell, and you need to hear it today. That's a lie. That comes from the devil himself. And Kelly and I are examples. And I I, I wrote a book on it once. He's the God of a second chance. And thank God for it. How many second chances? As many second chances as you need. (laughs) You need to, you get to swing, you get to swing at the ball until you hit it. (laughs) 
Well, it's true. And I think the thing he's trying to sift us into this place in this season where we think, even if we know better than to say it, we think, I don't know if God's going to be faithful in this. I don't know if God's going to heal my loved one. I don't know if he's going to. Now, we can't control other people. And sometimes the results of what you're praying for is that God rescues you. You got to be okay with that. You can't control your employer, your, your boss, your this, your that. But when you do you with Jesus, he can move you where you need to be. And he's faithful. We have to put that in our mouth, Richard. It's the very last thing in Revelation that he has strapped across him as his banner. He is faithful and true. And I love what the passion translation says about, you know, our weakness, but our weakness is a portal for his power because where we're strong and we know it and we operate like that, we don't give him room to be our shepherd. I had to learn that when I'm undone, when I get all undone and I'm uh, humble before the Lord, then he can come fix me. He can come talk to me today. There was something that happened today. uh, And I just said, Lord, thank you for getting rid of pride. Thank you for ripping it out of me, burning it out of me and giving me courage to do this thing that I, that, that I did. And, um, he said, I just heard it this quick, Richard. He said, you did the ripping. All he did was show it to me. And I said, I cast that out and throw it in the sea. Kelly, there are, there, there are a lot of people right now that are right where you have been and they have faced battles and they're facing battles right now. And they've had the criticism, they've had the judgment, they've had people who've stood against them, but they need somebody who will reach out to them with a hand of compassion and a hand of love and a hand of prayer. Would you pray right now and then let me pray over them as well? Oh, yes. Listen, let's go to the Lord as though he were the adult in the room. We need to stop adulting here. And we just need to take everything to him. So just do that with me. You may not even know what you need to bring to him. So let's just bring it all. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my whole life. I bring my mind, my will, my emotions, my body, my, my life to you and lay it on the table. I'm asking you to show me. Show me what I need to see. Show me who you made me into and show me what's there that doesn't belong. I trust your love for me and I trust your leading. And I call you now, my shepherd, not just I made you Lord of my life, but be my shepherd. Be my shepherd. Walk me through the valley of the shadow of death. You are my shepherd. I shall not want. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And the best thing you can do if you have fallen down is get your two legs under you and get back up. Let me say that again. If you feel like you've fallen in some area of your life, get back up, dust yourself off, say, God, I repent of that. I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to start fresh and new with you. And he is the God of a second chance. 
And I praise God for that. And I pray over you today. I believe God for His miraculous touch. I believe He will make a way in the wilderness for you. I believe He will make rivers in the desert. I believe He will turn heaven upside down for you. And I believe it in the authority of Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for watching today. And Kelly, thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you. I loved it. It was a good chat. Yeah, it sure was. God bless you and all of your kids and all of your family. God bless you and God bless you today. And join me next week for another outstanding guest on Expect a Miracle with Richard Roberts. God bless you. See you then. If you would like to support this or other outreaches of this ministry, please go to oralroberts.com. We believe when you give to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, your giving will be abundantly multiplied back to you according to God's word in Luke 6, 38.